0: Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. Who believes that the Word of God is relevant, it speaks to us today. It speaks to us right now where we're at. It doesn't need to be forced. It's the Word of God. It's, it, it's living and breathing. And when we come across the passage today, I'll just ask that we come with an expectant heart, that God's about to speak in and through His Word and he's gonna speak directly into your circumstance or situation, and it may not be what I say, but it was what God says that counts. In this moment, the one thing, uh, if I could draw your attention to anything, is that voice of God or that word of God that you may feel in your heart. Take that home with you, and we can forget all the jokes, we can forget all the fun, but let's listen for that voice and take the, what God tells us, the word of God, that now word, away with us as we leave. Is that good? Good. The message title is called Here I Am. So if you want to take notes, you can write that at the top there of your iPhone or your iPad or your old school notebook, whatever you're doing. And um, my name is Daniel, by the way, if I haven't met you, it's great honor and privilege to be sharing the word tonight. On behalf of our senior pastors, Byron and Graham, it is great to have you all here, especially if it's your first time. Um, Who understands that sometimes we think we can play hide and seek with God? Like, if we're honest with ourselves, we, we, we get to the point sometimes where we feel as if we can hide from God. It's been in our DNA since the beginning of time. What's the first thing that Adam and Eve did when they realized that they had screwed up? They hid from God, which is, doesn't make sense, and we think that's crazy. I don't know about you, but when I read that story, I'm like, Adam and Eve, why would they try to hide from God? Like, <laughs> but we do that so often, and we hide ourselves underneath the different banners, different banners called work from God. We hide ourselves under family, like there 's too much in the family going on. study or kids. come on, can I get an AM for all the parents in the room? We hide ourselves from God and we, we have these banners that we go i can 't do that because you know I have kids or, I can i can 't commit to that with God because I have this or that, and we try to hide. From God, and too many of us have allowed ourselves to be discouraged, and I love what Pastor Kim was talking about about confidence, because I think sometimes it's very easy to get discouraged in the seasons that we find ourselves in. It can be so easy to be discouraged in our season of lack or our season of doubt or our season of wondering, but God is all the time calling us to be confident and call, causing us to call out upon His name. He's calling us to be His church. Scriptures in the Bible, do not, do not throw away your confidence for in due time you will reap a harvest. You see, confidence is something that we have to fight for. This isn't my notes, but I just feel to talk about it to somebody that as Kim was talking about, just leapt within me, that confidence is something that we need to hold on to, show grit and determination with because our confidence is everything. It'll be our confidence that leads us to the throne room of God, into his presence and says, God, I need a miracle in this. God, I need you to do a fresh work in me. But if we're not confident, we won't find ourselves in his presence. And if we don't find ourselves in his presence, we won't have the power. And if we don't have the power, well we give up but his presence is for us and not against us you see we would never when we're doing the hide and seek game with God we would never outwardly deny God a lot of us well some of us maybe in seasons but some of us most of us wouldn't but we would inwardly never devote our hearts to him like we would never say I don't believe in God I, I don't really you know do whatever with God these days but inwardly we would never fully devote ourselves to him 2 chronicles 16:9 says the eyes of the lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him see god's looking for available people god's looking for availability because availability leads to abilities in god When we become available for God, he can rain his abilities down in us. And the thing that we were walking through that we didn't think we had it in us, he brings out the strength and the grit and the determination. He brings out his plan and his purpose. In the story we're about to read, we find Moses. And Moses is a great old character, great old man in the Bible who he had a journey, didn't he? I mean, if you want to talk about testimonies and stories and goods and bad moment, just look at Moses. I mean, the dude wandered in the wilderness twice, and this is one of the first instances where he wanders in the wilderness for 40 years. What has happened is Moses has, he has killed somebody. He's, he, he's become a murderer. He stuck up for a fellow Egypt, a fellow Hebrew and he killed this Egyptian only to be found out by his own people. And now he is on the run from Pharaoh. Now the thing about Moses that we need to realize is that he was educated in the royal palace. He had a career of politics ahead of him. Like he had everything set up for a life of Glamour, a life of power, a life of great notoriety. And all of that is taken away in an instant where he kills a man. So he's on the run from Pharaoh and he, and he runs to this place called Midian. And in this place, he becomes a shepherd. And the Bible says that he was doing this for 40 years. 40 years, 40 years is a long time. I'm 26, I'm not even there yet, but I can just tell that 40 years is a long time. 40 years of wondering. 40 years of wondering about God's plan and God's destiny. 40 years to, to give in all the doubts. Imagine all the doubts in his mind when he's shepherding these sheep, taking them around the deserts and just doing the same old thing day in, day out by himself. He had the qualifications to do whatever he wanted, yet he couldn't do any, whatever he wanted. He was held back. You can could, you could imagine the anger, the resentment, the, the questions that would have been running through Moses' mind in this circumstance. This is what it says in Exodus 3, 1-4. It says, now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro. He was just here before. Jethro was helping set out the chairs this, morning, uh, this afternoon, if you didn't know, Pastor Caleb's son. His father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he, fl- and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight. Why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone to over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, Here I am. Is anybody a Garage sale fanatic in the room? like you love a good old garage sale, you will be the first there, you will wake up on Saturday morning and you will have your list of garage sales or am I the only one? Fantastic, I'm the only one, that's good. Because I'm about to talk about my family. Um, My family are garage sale fanatics. And when I say fanatics, I mean we did a weekly thing growing up called garage sale hunting. Garage sale hunting would take place every Saturday from the early mornings until you know about 9am we would get up we would be the first ones there garage sale hunting wasn't just a saturday sport friend it was a week sport it started on monday when we're looking you see you can't have success Garage sale hunting, if you just go to the garage sales that you see available on Saturday, you're too late. You need to prepare. And so from Monday, when I'm going down to the skate park, I would look for garage sale signs. I would tear them down so that I would, I would the reason in tearing them down was that it wouldn't spread the word to other people. And I'm sorry, I've, I've, I've repented from that. But the thing is, uh, I, you can pray for me after the service, but I would tear down the garage sale signs because I didn't want anyone in on what I was about to go to, or the family was going to go to. So I would go tear down the signs. I would would have like compile a list of signs and addresses, and then we would work out the quickest route to get to all the best garage sale spots. Now, if there were garage sales that were like shops, we didn't want a bar to do with them. Like we didn't care. Like you, they're not they're not garage sales if you can't barter. We wanted the the messy open shed. Buy whatever you want you know type of garage sale and so garage sale hunting is a is something that was ingrained within us we were taught from an early age I'll tell you that it it brought in everybody it was communication with the whole family like we all had to talk with one another about did you see this garage sale yeah the address is here great I don't think that one's good yeah we went there last time it's crap just throw it out and all of these types of things we would secure the fastest route to get to where we need to go you see we need to be there first because my dad would always say the early bird Gets the worm. And we were, we were going to get the worm. <laughs> we were the first to arrive. We would never, ever pay asking price. You can tell them they're dreaming. Like never pay asking price. My dad's record is, I think it's his record anyway, he bought my brother's first car from a garage sale, talked the guy down to $30 for a driving car with aircon. <laughs> with aircon, Can you believe that? See, it's the sport people. And like I said, it's not just a Saturday thing, it's a week-long thing. The whole family's involved with it. You gotta see the signs. See, how often do we not see the signs of God at work in our life? How often do we just run past in the week that we have, and it's easy to see the signs on Sunday? But that, that's only limited success. We need to see the signs on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday too. It's easy to see the signs when we're in an atmosphere like this, but what happens when we go back home and when we go back to that situation or that circumstance and the signs aren't as clear or as magnified as they were in this room? What happens when we don't see the signs that we want? What what type of people are we? You see, Moses is in a spot where it would have been very easy for him not to see the signs that God was actually at work in his life all along. Moses was in a place where 40 years had passed. He could have given up on God. God could have given up on him. He could have been angry and resentful towards God, saying, you've poured this all into my life. You gave me qualification and education and opportunity, and then you allowed me to do that, and now I'm here, wandering in the wilderness. 40 years, God. See, we've got to see The signs. Moses and his, his eyes were still open to God, and I love that. His eyes after 40 years are still open to the possibility that things aren't always as they seem. That although the obvious, it looks obvious that he's in a place of desolation, that maybe there's some things happening behind the scenes in the details that God's in. Isaiah 43, 19 says, See, I'm doing a new thing now it springs up do you not perceive it do you not perceive it we think that new things are easy to see but sometimes they're hard sometimes it's easy to take notice of god when we first when we first come to our salvation isn't that true like it's easy to notice God at work in your life when, you're, when you are first enter into relationship with him and he's changing things and it's obvious and you're looking at this part of your life, looking at this part of your life and you're like, God's there, God's there, God's there. You just need to talk to a person who's just committed their life to Christ, wouldn't you? Like you ever need inspiration that God's still working? Just go talk to a new person who's just committed their life to God. They will have a plethora of stories about God's goodness, God's mercy and God's grace. But sometimes in our Midian, in our place of desolation and the wilderness, in our place of strife, I did a a little bit of a word study on Midian, it literally means strife. And so Moses is in Midian and he's in this place of strife and it's so easy in those seasons to give up on God. It's so easy not to see him any longer. See, the problem of being stuck in strife is that after a while, we become desensitized to God. We begin to miss the clear signs that God is still here. I wanna encourage you today, God is still here. God is still working in your life. God is still working together for your good. He's still with you. His presence is still for you. See, the thing about longevity is that often it can numb ourselves to the details of God in our life. Often longevity can numb ourselves to the move of God in our past or the move of God in our future. We just get familiar with the presence of God. We don't see him moving and it gets harder and harder and harder to see because we're familiar. It's like that new car that you bought. Before you bought that new car and you were looking online and you were looking at all the varieties of cars, what did you notice? The car. You noticed it everywhere and you didn't notice it until you pointed it out, Say, that's the car I want and then what happens, you're driving down the freeway and they're everywhere. It's just like, whoa, where did this happen? Like, where did this come from? It's like, that can happen with God. In the beginning, we're like, whoa, God's everywhere. Give it a few years and we're just driving down our life, not noticing his movements here and here and here and here. No signs of God. Maybe you feel like that in your life. Maybe you feel like there's no signs of God in your family, there's no signs of God in your relationship, there's no signs of God in your work situation, there's no signs of God in your doubt, there's no signs of God in your future. I wanna encourage you that there are signs from God and that he is still working. Let's look what, what Moses did. It says in verse two, there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn. Just hold up a minute. I used to think that was obvious that God was doing something for Moses because of the burning bush. When in reality, I was reading a commentary and it said that it was quite common for the, for the plants just to erupt in flames, to combust in this, in this spot. Why? Because of the heat, because of the elements. And so there would have been other spot fires there that day. Moses would have passed other burning bush in the moments, but it was the detail that caught his eye. Listen to this. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight. Why the bush does not burn. Small detail, it's a small detail, like the burning bush, could have easily walked past it, no voice from God, no direction. But Moses is in his wilderness, he's in his strife place, he's in his Midian, and he sees the burning bush, and then he looks with an eye of detail. And he finds that the bush is burning, but it's not being burnt up. That, that, that there's something more to the story than meets the eye. There's something more to that bush than what meets the eye. And I wonder if there are situations and circumstances in our life today that if we were just to look with a little bit more detail, look with a little bit more faith, it may not be obvious, but God would be working in it. And as he works in it, it would draw us closer because we would start to realize it was the the peculiarity of the situation that drew Moses in. And as he was drawn in, listen to this. As he was drawn in, it says that God spoke. We'll go back to it. It says this. It says, now, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up, Verse four, when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called him from within the bush. Sometimes we're not hearing, we're not bringing direction, we're not, we're not feeling the presence because we're not seeing the detail. And if we find ourselves in a place like Moses, I would encourage us to start to look at the details of our life and discover that God is there. The old saying, the devil's in the details doesn't apply to our life. God is in the details. I don't know how many people I've spoken to in their testimony that, that, you know when people give their testimony, they go, and God was here and I didn't realize it. And God was here and I didn't realize it. God was back here and I didn't realize it. And then he was over here and I didn't realize it. I don't wanna wait for hindsight. I wanna know that God is in this right now. In fact, I need to know that God is in this right now. And you need to know that God is in this right now. So let's not look for the clear displays. Let's, Let's not get the fantasy that God was just showing off to Moses. No, no, he was inviting Moses. Are you willing to see the details? are you willing to close the gap and are you willing to hear my direction see faith is the ability to trust God in the details and not the massive displays everybody loves the massive displays of God's faithfulness and I pray that we see them I really do but the fact of the matter is that sometimes we don't see the massive displays of God's goodness but I can see it in the details I can see it and that does something for my faith that the displays can't do That gives me the rock solid foundation that although I don't see it all right now, I have faith that comes without seeing. I have a hope that comes without fully knowing and that excites me. I'm not fully convinced by what I see, but I am fully convinced by what he says. And sometimes we get so convinced by what we see Sometimes the things around us can draw so much attention to themselves that we miss what God has said and we forget about what God has said. If you've been given a word from God, I would, I would encourage you, hold on to that word. Hold on to that word. Let it be the, the anchor in your storm. See, I thought this story was about Moses saying, here I am to God. But really the story is about God saying, here I am to Moses. See, this is about God finding Moses 40 years after he's done this terrible thing, 40 years after he's been wandering in the wilderness and God saying, you can still make a difference. You, can, you still have a plan. You still have a destiny. You still have promise. When, when Moses says to, to God, who, who do I say has sent me? To Pharaoh. Because this is the moment where God says, you're gonna go free the people for real this time. <laughs> See, I love the fact that Moses tried to do it in his, his own strength the first time and then he had to learn that he couldn't do it in his own strength, and there was only one strength he had to turn to, and in the one strength that he would actually free a nation. How often do we do that? We try to do it in our own strength, and God's just saying, are you ready yet? I'm here. I'm waiting. So when, when Moses says, who do, I say, who do I say sent me? God says, I am. I am. I am who I am. God is saying to Moses, if I come the band back up, I am your hope, I am, I am your joy, I am your, I am your power, I am your direction, I am here in the details, I am working, even if you don't see it, I am moving, even if you have to look a little bit harder than usual. I want us to get that revelation That at times, yes, we do have to look harder, but it is something that we do every day. Let's not be people who just look on Sunday and then forget to look on Monday, because there will be things that tear the ability off of us to see God clearly all the time. And that's okay, because when we're in that spot, we go, God, you're in the details, I know you are. God, where are you working in my life right now? Where, what are you doing right now? I will get into your presence, I will pray, I will worship, I will position my heart so that I, get re- I can be ready to receive the new thing that you're doing. See, I love the fact that Moses was still aware that he hadn't become so familiar with his wilderness experience, so discontented with his wilderness experience that he just walked past that burning bush like it was every other one behind him, that he was like, hang on a second, Let's be people that know when God is working. We're gonna sing a song and it's that Promises song and I love the, the bridge in it. And it says this, it says, I put my faith in Jesus, my anchor to the ground, my hope and firm foundation, He'll never, ever let me down. And I love this part because this part, this part speaks to me and I hope it does to you. It says, great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. It's a declaration that great is his faithfulness. From the rising sun to the setting same, I will praise your name. I will praise your name in every season. Great is your faithfulness. So we're about to sing that song. And I want you in this moment to ask God, God, what are the details that I'm missing? What are the signs that you've given me that you're still here? He is everywhere, but His manifest presence is here. He is everywhere and He wants us to know that He He is in the details. doesn't matter where you've been, what your situation looks like. I bet you God has been in the details. That He is working in the details and it would be a shame for you to give up hope. It would be a shame for you to give up your dreams, your promise, your destiny in God, when God has been there all along in the details of your life, working together for the good of those who love Him. That when He's had those moments where you've thought you've just been in the mundane of life and God's saying, I've been there and I've been there and I've been, let's go back to those moments. Let's ask God, God, I need something right now. I need this atmosphere. And we're gonna declare those words. God, great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness from the rising sun to the setting same. I will praise your name because that is a, that's not a condition-based thing. That's a saying, God, doesn't matter what I'm walking through. I will praise your name. I will place you back on the throne of my life. I will place you back where you belong and only you belong. See see the signs, church. See the signs. Even if it's hard to see, see the signs. See the details, look at the intricate details of your life. Remember them and see that God is working. I don't wanna be a person that needs large displays to believe. I wanna be the type of believer that believes on details, on the small things, because in the small things, God can do big things. Amen? on the small things God can take the faith, the size of a mustard seed and He can move the mountain. And everybody in this room has a mountain we want moved. But I'm just saying, let's focus on that mustard seed faith for a moment and let's declare these words over them. Great is my faithfulness, great is your faithfulness, God. Everything we have within us, the word says, let, let the rocks cry out. If we don't, praise His name. He deserves all the praise. He deserves all the glory. He deserves all of the honor. So why don't we stand to our feet? Come on, we're the worship leaders of our own life. I believe God wants to do something in this room tonight. Let's not just get comfortable. And I, I, I we, we've just stood up. So we're a little bit uncomfortable already. Great, if you wanna start to pray in the Spirit, start to pray in the Spirit because we're about to set an atmosphere and God is about to move right now. God is about to show people that He's been in the details, that He's been there in the wilderness, that He's been in there in your strife season. And there is a a hope that goes beyond all hope. There is a a strength that'll strengthen you in this atmosphere. There is a joy that'll fall upon you in this atmosphere. So why don't we raise our hands to heaven right now? Why don't we raise our hands to heaven and start to focus on God? start to to pray to Him. say, God, show me your glory. As Moses said, show me your glory. Show us your glory, Father God. Speak to our circumstance. Help us to see the details, Father God. We don't wanna be a church who don't see you, but we wanna be a church who sees you working in us today and yesterday and tomorrow and forever, Father God. We repent for when we've not seen you working. We repent and we turn from the ways of needing large displays and needing to see signs. God, we want to be a people who notice the small things you do, who notice the small things that you're doing. And so, Father God, we commit ourselves afresh. God, we thank you for what you're doing. Lord, I pray for every person in this room that as we worship, as we sing these words, that, Father God, these words would break chains in this place, that mindsets would open up to the possibility of God, that, Lord, you would do what only you can do, that, Father God, your Spirit would raise people up. Your Spirit would strengthen people. Your Spirit would do something new in us and through us, Father God, that, Father God, we would not leave the same and we would not leave without seeing the detail of Your hand at work in our lives. So church, let's get ready to sing together.